the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. City WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. What we have is a system then where pastors are the paid professionals essentially hired to do pretty much everything. All the work in the church and the congregation is simply to sit and watch them do all the work because that's what they've been hired for. It's exactly the way some churches do view their pastor. Believe me, that is how they view their pastor. They see him as the professional hired clergyman who they pay to do pretty much everything related to the church. And then they, as a congregation, are simply to attend the church service each week, give their tithe, listen to the pastor, give his Sunday sermon, and thank you very much. That's it. But that's so wrong. That is not how God has designed the church to function. It's not what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4.12. Even though I understand at first glance it may appear that way, that this is what he's saying. And the reason it may appear that way has to do with the way this verse is translated. about simply watching the pastor or pastors do all the work of the ministry because they have been hired to do so. That is a fallacy that Pastor Steve is going to expose on today's verse-by-verse program. If we are going to require our pastors to not only prepare messages, but to do all the ministry in the church, we will have churches that are not growing spiritually as they should. And perhaps that is our problem today. We have been in a series titled Unity and Spiritual Growth, and I hope you have been blessed by what you are hearing. But I also hope you've been challenged to use your spiritual gifts. Today, Pastor Steve Kreloff will begin with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. So please turn there in your Bible if you're able to follow along. Many people misunderstand this verse. I think today we will have a better understanding of this verse by the end of the program. So... Here is Pastor Steve. It is very easy, very easy to look at this verse and miss Paul's entire point. I say that because it might appear that what Paul is teaching is that these men, these apostles, these prophets, these evangelists, pastor teachers, that they have three separate responsibilities in the church. One responsibility is to equip the saints. Second responsibility is to do the work of service or ministry. Third responsibility is to build up the body of Christ. If that's the case, they are awfully busy individuals. It's not what Paul is saying. Not at all what Paul is saying. And those who fail to see this, and there are many, 
make a fatal mistake when it comes to understanding the way that Christ has designed his church to function. So what am I talking about? Where am I going with this? Well, if Paul is actually saying that pastors are to equip the saints, and in addition, that they are to do the work of the ministry, and in addition, that they are to build up the body of Christ, then what we have is a system then where pastors are the paid professionals essentially hired to do pretty much everything, all the work in the church, and the congregation is simply to sit and watch them do all the work because that's what they've been hired for. It's exactly the way some churches do view their pastor. Believe me, that is how they view their pastor. They see him as the professional hired clergyman who they pay to do pretty much everything related to the church. And then they, as a congregation, are simply to attend the church service each week, give their tithe, listen to the pastor, give his Sunday sermon, and thank you very much. That's it. But that's so wrong. That is not how God has designed the church to function. It's not what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4.12. Even though I understand at first glance it may appear that way, that this is what he's saying, and the reason it may appear that way has to do with the way this verse is translated. Dr. James Montgomery Boyce explains the problem and the solution, but before I tell you what he said, I want you to be aware that in the original Greek text of the New Testament, there are no commas. So when you're going to hear Dr. Boyce speak about eliminating commas, a certain comma, one comma, in the English text, he's not tampering with the word of God, just so you know that. He's just making an interpretive decision, a decision that translators have to make. And sometimes they have made the wrong one. You'll see what I mean. Here's what Dr. Boyce said. In older versions of the English Bible, there was a small but serious error that may have contributed to the church's blindness at this point, or to state the matter another way, may have resulted from its prejudice. It involves a comma. In the original King James Version, Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12 said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints comma, that's the comma, for the work of the ministry, comma, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He goes on to say, in this version of the text, God is said to have given the teaching gifts, which we normally associate with ministers, so that the ministers may do three things. One, perfect the saints. Two, do the ministry. And three, edify or build up the body of Christ. But he said that translation is wrong. A man named Armitage Robinson was probably the first commentator to notice it and insist that it was a mistake. He argued, and virtually all commentators since have agreed with him, that the comma should be eliminated. Without that comma, the passage says something entirely different. Instead of giving three tasks to ministers, and by ministers he means pastor teachers, it gives one task to the clergy, equip the saints, and another to the laity, means the congregation, do the ministry. As a result of both fulfilling their proper God-given function, the body of Christ may be built up. 
Now, that's an important quote. That's an important statement. And I quote it from him because I couldn't say it any better than Dr. James Montgomery Boyce. So with this cleared up then, just so you know, we take the comma out. Let's see what God is really saying in this verse. And what we'll see is that God has given these spiritual leaders to the church for a specific reason. Understand this issue. Understand what this is about. Understand the meaning, the real meaning of verse 12, and you will understand the heart of a ministry for not only a pastor, but for a congregation. If a congregation misses this, they have missed their essential function. First of all, we read that God has given these men for the equipping of the saints. So the question is, what does that mean? We don't often use the word equip. What does it mean to equip the saints? And what does it mean by saints? Well, let me say this. By saints, Paul is referring to God's people who are alive, not dead people. He's referring to believers, those who are presently alive. Forget the way the Roman Catholic Church views saints. Saints are just believers. So he could have said believers, but he said saints, those who have set apart. So pastors are given for the equipping of God's people. And the job of a pastor, the reason Jesus has given and gifted him to the church, is to equip the church. So what is he talking about? Listen closely because what we're about to see tells you what is supposed to happen to you as part of the church. And it tells me and all of the elders here at Lakeside, what we are supposed to do to make this happen in your life. We are to be equipping you. So, once again, the question is, what does that mean? What does equip mean? Well, essentially it means to make useful, to put into a fit state, to complete, you could say mature. This particular word was actually used in ancient classical Greek as a medical term for setting a bone. A doctor would use that to say he equipped someone when he set their bone again. It was also used in the New Testament for the disciples repairing or mending their fishing nets. You recall that most of the apostles, Judas excluded, and Matthew too, most of them were fishermen and speaks of them mending their nets, equipping their nets. So to determine then what Paul means when he says that pastors are to equip the saints, all we need to do is ask ourselves, why does a doctor set a bone? And why does a fisherman mend his net? The answer is simple. It's so they get the bone and the nets in shape. They put them into a fit state so that they can function properly so that they again can be useful. When it's broken, it's not useful. In other words, they are being restored to their original function. That's why one sets a bone. That's why one mends a net. So for you then as a Christian to be equipped is for you to be put in a state where you are able to function properly so that you will be useful to God. So he can use you. In other words, to be equipped is to become spiritually mature, complete, to be more Christ-like so that you will be useful for the kingdom of Christ. So how do pastors help you to grow? How do they help to mature you? I mean, some translations say for the maturing of the saints. That's really the thought here, to mature, to make someone useful, to grow up. It's by teaching you, note this, the word of God. That's how you mature. Now, God has other ways to mature believers. Suffering helps believers mature. But pastors are not to come along and make you suffer. 
Well, we do. That's God's business to make you suffer for your own sanctification. Pastors are to teach you the word of God to help you to grow. In fact, that's the one thing that ties all these four categories of men together. You might ask, why did he even mention this? Why does he mention apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers? The one thing that ties them together, the one thing they all have in common, even though apostles and prophets have passed away from the scene, but the one thing that ties all these men together is that they taught the word of God to their people. So they were equipping the people who sat under their teaching. Paul said this in Colossians chapter 1, Verses 28 and 29, he said, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, listen to this, so that we may present every man complete or mature in Christ. And Paul said, For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power which mightily works within me. Pastor teachers shepherd the flock by feeding them the word of God. That's what they're supposed to do. So that the flock will grow and be healthy sheep. This is how they become equipped. Folks, you grow by the word of God. Peter said, if you've tasted the word, then grow by it. Grow by it. He also said, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You grow by the word of God. This is how you become equipped. Listen, the goal of a pastor, all pastors should be to help their people to grow spiritually. And the way they do this is by teaching them the word of God and praying for them to apply the word of God to their lives. And that's the problem with many American churches. Pastors are so encumbered with so many church administration issues, so many committee meetings, a host of other organizational details, that they seldom have time to just sit down and study the word. And their lack of study time shows up in their shallow teaching, which then shows up in producing shallow, immature Christians. And that's a problem, a serious problem, because shallow, immature Christians are not particularly useful for the kingdom of God. They're not useful Christians. According to Paul, the purpose for pastors to equip believers is to be useful. Now, notice the second phrase, because you may say, useful for what? Well, look at the second phrase in verse 12. For the work of service. Having told us the task of pastors, which is to equip the saints, notice this. Now, Paul tells us not what other things pastors are to do, but what the people they're equipping are supposed to do. Paul tells us the task of a congregation of believers in Christ is to do the work of service or the work of ministry. Folks, he's not talking about the ministry of pastors. He's talking about your ministry. You say, what ministry do I have? Whatever your spiritual gifts are. That's how it ties together. God has given you a spiritual gift to use. Pastors help you to grow so that you will use that gift in ministering to others. That is the point of this. See, your role as a member of a local church is to serve the Lord by being active in ministering to others in the body of Christ. And that, as I said, is exactly why God has given you a spiritual gift, to use you in ministry to the body of Christ. That's the point of these verses in Ephesians 4, to say that God has designed his church as a body where everyone has a part in serving everyone else. And so he has given us gifts then that enable us to serve others. And he then has given pastors to 
the church to help mature us so that we in our service can serve effectively. And by effectively, I mean maturely, to grow up. You have these gifts whether you're mature or not. Pastors are to help you mature so you can be effective in using those gifts. See, it's by growing and maturing in Christ that you will be a useful servant to the Lord. Listen, the Corinthians had all kinds of gifts, but they were so self-centered, they weren't particularly useful. They were immature, and that was the problem. So you can be a church filled with all kinds of interesting, unique gifts, and it mean relatively nothing. It's when pastors come along and help you to grow, when they spend time studying, and they teach you, and you receive it, and you begin to grow, and when you grow, you get active in serving one another. That's why it's not even that important for you to exactly identify what your spiritual gift is. For you to put a precise name on it, what's important is to be growing. And when you're growing, you will be useful. You will gravitate to a ministry in which you have been gifted. Even if you can't identify exactly what that gift is. So that's the reason that pastors are to equip you. To make you useful. Usefulness is in service to the rest of the body of Christ. I want you to know that as the pastor teacher here, I'm so grateful for how many people are active in serving at Lakeside. And by serving, I don't mean on Sundays only, but every day of the week, I hear how you reach out to others to help meet their needs, to encourage them. You make meals for people, you visit people, you counsel people, you encourage people. And I'm honored to be the pastor of a church of hundreds of ministers. We may have a few on staff, but we have hundreds of ministers. That's a compliment. So, and I meant it sincerely. And there's no but. No, it's just a compliment. Sadly, though, that is not the way that many churches are. Lakeside is unique. In many churches, as I said earlier, the pastors are expected to do pretty much everything while the congregation is not very involved in serving. Commenting on this problem, John MacArthur writes this in his commentary on Ephesians. He says, no pastor or even a large group of pastors can do everything a church needs to do. No matter how gifted, talented, and dedicated a pastor may be, the work to be done where he is called to minister will always vastly exceed his time and abilities. His purpose in God's plan is not to try to meet all those needs himself, but to equip the people given into his care to meet those needs. Obviously, the leaders share in serving, and many of the congregations share in equipping. But God's basic design for the church is for the equipping to be done so that the saints can serve each other effectively. The entire church is to be aggressively involved in the work of the Lord. It's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Now, Paul has told us that evangelists, as well as pastor teachers, are to equip the saints so that the saints then are to be engaged in the work of ministering to others. So, what happens when this takes place? What are the results when pastors are doing their jobs in equipping the saints and when the saints are doing their jobs in receiving the truth and growing and ministering to others. What's the dynamic? What's supposed to happen? Well, that's what Paul tells us in the last phrase of verse 12. To the building up of the body of Christ. What Paul is teaching is that as each member of the church ministers to one another, as they get active, as they start serving, the entire body of believers in that location, in that local church, is built up, edified is the thought. And he's not talking about being built up in numbers, though that may take place. He's not talking about increasing 
the numerical growth of the church, although as I said, that may take place. But what Paul is referring to is being built up spiritually, internally, as the church grows strong and mature and Christ-like. See, the mark of a healthy church isn't how large it is, nor is it how small it is. It's how Christ-like it is. It's how Christ-like it is. And each of you plays a role in this. If this is your church, this is the role you play. And each of you plays this role because as you use your gift to serve others, they grow spiritually. That's why God has gifted you. They grow spiritually. And when this happens on a church-wide level, the entire church grows more spiritual, more godly, more Christ-like. This is why every member at Lakeside is significant. You are not simply a cog in a big wheel. Your growth and service for the Lord affects the entire church because it contributes, Paul is teaching, to the overall growth and maturity of the church. And as we follow this in weeks to come and develop this even further, you're going to see more about the role that you have in the church and the results that take place when pastors do their jobs in equipping you, when the congregation does its job in receiving the truth and growing in Christ and then serving. So what do you do with a message like this? First of all, if you're one of the elders this church, then you commit yourself to teaching the people who sit under your ministry. They're counting on you to equip them. More importantly, that's the ministry the Lord has given you. Realize the vital role that you as an elder play in their lives. And if you are not a church leader involved in teaching, then you commit yourself to learning from your pastors. How so? Well, be in the church services. Be in your Sunday school classes, be in your home fellowships, be in wherever the word is taught here in connection with Lakeside, and let those who teach you help you to mature. They are gifted to help you grow so that you will use your gifts effectively. And then what you do is you commit yourself to serving others. In fact, if you are growing and maturing, you will serve others. It's just a natural. If you're not serving others, you're not growing like you should. It's as simple as that. You don't have to tell a growing Christian to serve the Lord and to minister to other people. They're just going to do it because that's a mark of being Christ-like, being a servant. But you seek out people who need your service. You look for opportunities to serve. You don't wait on this. Whatever it may be, visiting people, encouraging them, helping them to get a task done, serving them a meal, giving them some material goods, some money if that's what they need. And on and on it goes. You just see a need and you meet it. And you use your gifts to do whatever is necessary. Now, if you don't know Jesus Christ, and I always try to end a service with this because there are people at Lakeside who don't know Christ. If you don't know Christ then the way to respond to this message is by coming to know him, by believing in him, so that you can be a part of his plan, his plan for his precious body, the body of Christ that is cared for and loved by each member and by the Lord himself. It is a privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. It is a privilege to be a part of a healthy church. Don't take that for granted. So if you're not a Christian, become one. And grow and mature and know what it is to be loved by other people and loved by the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we pray that you'll help us to receive these truths, Lord. Profound, deep, 
something that many people have never thought through, Lord, but I pray that it will be ingrained in all of us, leaders in this church, congregation, that we might function as you have designed us to function. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my fellow pastors, elders, staff members, that you will help us to be diligent in studying, that we who have been set apart and gifted to teach the congregation might do it accurately and clearly with practical application and most importantly, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for Lakeside as a congregation. I pray, Lord, that our congregation would receive the truth and grow in it and mature and be serving one another, not out of guilt, but out of joy. This is why you've gifted them. So I pray that those who are not serving here in the context of the local church, that they will, that they'll be motivated after hearing this. I pray for those who are serving. I pray that you will encourage them to be weary in well-doing and not to give up and to be thrilled to know that they are part of your great plan. And I pray for those who don't know you, Lord, how sad it is not only to be lost in our sins, but to be outside of your body. I pray that you will draw them to yourself so that they might trust Christ as Lord and Savior, and then know the joy of being part of the body of Christ, where they are loved and ministered to and cared about by you through your people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what do you do with a message like this? Well, first of all, if you're one of the elders in your church, then you commit yourself to teaching the people who sit under your ministry. They're counting on you to equip them. We've had some good practical teaching on today's verse-by-verse program with our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff. We plan to be back in Ephesians chapter 4 on our next program, so I hope you can join us then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.